Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to everyone in the United States, in North America, and around the world. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being such great listeners. You know, I frequently mention around the world, the countries around the world listening to the show. So let me tell you who listened to the show last week. Germany, Indonesia, China, United Kingdom, Australia, Japan, South Africa, Brazil, Egypt, Canada, Spain, France, Russia, and the Netherlands. How about that? Now, in each country, there are a different amount of listeners, and in some, like Russia, there was only one, but any country where there's only one, if you're listening right now, I say, you are making the difference. You are making the difference. You keep it up, and you get other people listening, and that's the way we change quality of life on a global basis for people with disabilities. And hey, Richard Roberts, special shout out to you, my great friend with the State Department who is on assignment in Brazil. He is awesome. Yang Yang in South Korea, another friend of mine, another great person that I love so much. Uh, Benjamin in Kazakhstan and Cheryl Smith right here at the State Department in the United States. So everyone, welcome, welcome. Hey, Yoshiko Dart, most special shout out to you. I'll never forget you, Yoshiko. Um, And I have to thank our sponsor. Oh my goodness, Highmark is such a great company. And they've been the sponsor of this show for years. And by the way, this year is, yes, my 20th anniversary. Can you believe it? So thank you, thank you, thank you. How would I do this without all of you listening to the show? Thank you. I mean it. Whether you're live or on demand, thank you so much. So, oh, I'm excited about my show today because I have on my mentor. My my mentor that was assigned to me by disability and and what a great honor it is to say oh not some small little company no Pfizer Pfizer and you know what I say to everyone from Pfizer I always say this I say what an honor to work for or with a company that saved so many lives I know you all remember the horror of the pandemic with COVID And when Pfizer came out with that vaccine, millions of lives have been saved. So for me to be selected by them and Disability End, because I'm Adobe, I'm a disability-owned business enterprise, and Disability End partners us with a corporation as a mentor. How lucky am I? that I got to meet Colleen Masia, who is, Colleen Masia is my mentor and partner. She's the global procurement group. And Christy is, uh uh-oh, Christy, am I going to do this right? 
Aragema. I realize I never pronounced your last name before. Hoping that's right. Is that right, Colleen? I would say yes. Okay, good, good. Well, Colleen and Christy, welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you as guests today. I am so proud to work with both of you. So, Colleen, oh, Colleen, I was so excited when I met you in person because I knew Colleen before, but then through this whole mentoring process, uh, I didn't didn't get to meet her in person. And when I did, oh, I was so excited. So let me tell you this first. She is an awesome person. She is the real deal. I mean, she gets worried. Oh, my God, am I doing enough as your mentor? I'm not kidding you. She always is like that. She's such a wonderful, wonderful person. What a blessing that she is my mentor. So Colleen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. An honor to be here, and congratulations on your 20 years. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Colleen, whether it's in North, South America, or around the world, you know, I will have a great guest, and then they'll say, oh, I wish I knew more about that person. So I now ask my guests to tell their story. Like, where did you grow up? Where are you now? And tell us about your journey that got you to Pfizer. So, Colleen, can you share that with us? I will. Um, yes, sure. Thank you. Uh, happy to kick off. And, um, yeah, if I, if I was nervous to start with, now I totally am knowing it's our, <laughs> <laughs> all the countries listening. But, um, so I grew up in, uh, I'm a, a lifer, a New Yorker. Uh, I grew up in New York. Um, you know, I was born there and I've gone to school there. Uh, I went to college there. Um, I did live in Northern Virginia for about 10 years, uh, when I was quite young, um, but ended back in New York. So, um, I've, uh, got married there. I've raised two kids, uh, they're college age, um, I was super proud of them. And, um, yeah, I started, I'm also a lifer at Pfizer. <laughs> I started at Pfizer um, right out of college, and um, I've navigated a lot of different uh, places in the organization there. Um, you know, some of the really fun times was being um, sort of an extended member of our field force, and those were during the years where we had, you know, giant blockbuster uh, brands. Um, so it was really just something to see, you know, be at some of those meetings with the energy and the intelligence and, um, you know, just enthusiasm for the company during those couple of years. Um, but I found my way to supplier diversity full time about five years ago. And it's really just the place that I was meant to be. I, I love working in the space. I love the connections I've been able to make, um, the people who are also in this industry and the function of supplier diversity, both inside and out of industry are just, you know, people who just do not never take their foot off the gas. So, um, yeah, that's where I am now. And, and actually being in this role has also, um, allowed me to get to know Christy as well, which has been great. Um, yes, that is awesome. And I, Colleen, as you know, yesterday was September 11th, uh, which is so hard for me to believe that it was so long ago. Uh, 
because it seems as if it just happened. But um, so you're a New Yorker, but where were you when that happened? Yeah, uh, definitely a um, really difficult day for so many people. Uh, I consider, you know, myself lucky. Um, but I, I'll never forget, obviously, like most people, but I happened to be nine months pregnant. <laughs> I had just started my uh, maternity leave and my daughter was, uh, her due date was September 15th. So I was really just, you know, at home getting ready. And um, I ended up, I mean, I can remember sitting in one chair in my house all day and just manning the phone, you know, making sure my family and my friends you know, trying to keep tabs on everybody. And I, I really felt like I was a connector that day. If, you know, my uncle hadn't heard from my cousin and I could say that I did and they were safe. It was, um, you know, it was one of those things. Everyone has a story. Um, but then I remember I was like, oh, my gosh, what kind of world am I bringing a baby into? Um, and then she decided she felt the same way and waited another <laughs> another 12 days or so. But, um, you know, it, it's always uh, a day that, um, you know, you remember and you connect. And I reach out to people that I know were not as fortunate as me that day. Well, um, yeah. How about your company? I mean, I know you have offices in New York. What happened there? You know, I do know um, a colleague that had uh, passed away. Um, she happened to be uh, down at the World Trade Center that day, but um, our office uh, at the time was uh, on the upper, or uh, in Midtown near Grand Central. So, um, you know, it was, uh, and as I shared, I wasn't in the office that day, um, but my understanding was that colleagues really came together to help each other, um, you know, trying to figure out at the time what was going on and and how to, um, you know, reach safety. So, um I can't expand too much more because, like I said, I wasn't there, but, uh, yeah. Well, it definitely showed us the strength and passion of New Yorkers because that was, uh, I, I was at my office and my husband called me. I had a TV in the conference room and he said, um, a plane hit the World Trade Center and I turned it on. And then I saw the second plane and I said, oh, my God, you know, and I knew it was a terrorist attack. And we all went home uh, and I had my staff go home uh, for the next couple of days. And my neighborhood went outside together that night and we all held hands and, you know, said a prayer. And I don't, there isn't anyone that will forget that that moment. Uh, but I thought of you. Uh, Colleen, and just what great fortitude that New Yorkers have. So, uh, good for you. And Christy, welcome, Christy. Um, I had the great pleasure of getting to meet Christy. Now, let me tell you about Christy. When I say she's on a mission to get people with disabilities hired at Pfizer, oh, look out. I mean it. She's like, by the time she's done, she will probably have talked to everyone at Pfizer about hiring people with disabilities. She is a true disability advocate 
and a person with a disability. I'm so lucky to know her. So, Christy, let's hear about you. Where did you grow up? Uh, you know, where are you now? And also, how did you get to Pfizer? Okay. Hi, Joyce. Uh, thank you for um, inviting, me, inviting me to be part of this podcast. It's an honor. And um, also, congratulations to you, too, as well. Um, so, my story is a little long, so bear with me. <laughs> so, um, I was born in Chicago to um, two Hungarian immigrants who spoke very little English, uh, even when I first started talking. So, Hungarian was my primary language at the time. And until the age of four, when I started losing my hearing and had trouble understanding my parents, um, we were living in the suburbs of Chicago at the time, and my older sister, God bless her, um, was the one who taught me English so that I could um, better communicate with the kids in the neighborhood. And it also helped that I started attending the school with other hard of hearing kids who did not identify as deaf, um, um, but they were hard of hearing um, but they didn't learn sign language. I never learned sign language. It was not um, encouraged at the time. And so rather, I was put through extensive speech therapy, building my lip reading skills. So by the time I was nine, my hearing loss leveled off, and I was left with no hearing in one ear and 20% in the other. So I've been using a hearing aid to expand um, my auditory capability, but I've been... Um, my primary um, means of understanding speech is through lip reading. Um, so we moved to Connecticut where I mainstreamed to the public school system um, with all the other hearing kids by the time I was in fourth grade. So that was the start of my lifelong journey to self-advocacy. Now, um, I've always loved science. Um, I ended up going away to Penn State to major in science with an emphasis in chemistry. Um, but boys, I was a culture shock going from a class of 150 students to 10,000, especially for a student with disability at the time. Um, imagine no cell phone, computers, no AOL, and the inability to use a phone so I couldn't call my parents when I needed to. So it was, it was difficult. I struggled a lot. Uh, but I eventually um, got some support I needed. I ended up um, graduating and then going on to get my master's in the um, in Penn State um, physiology program. I had a keen interest in human performance research um, because of my athletic background. So um, this was something that was um, of interest to me. So I graduated. I got married shortly after that and then stayed home to raise two of my daughters who are now um, respectively 33 years old and 30 years old. Um, I moved to San Diego area right now. Um, I actually um, call Carlsbad, Carlsbad, California is my hometown. And um, once I became ready to work, I struggled to find employment. You heard this story so many times where people, um, I would go through call calls to employers while my husband actually listened into the phone and translated for me because there were no computers um, back then. Or I sent letters in response to classified ads. So the same story in response was I was overeducated and underemployed, underemployed. So opportunities for me in my field were limited to academia or government research. So those opportunities in San Diego were very, very, very slim. So I started looking at biotech jobs, 
you know, especially with my beloved signs and chemistry, but no luck there either. So after five years of um, no success, I, I connected to a chemistry professor at the University of California in San Diego. He was new there and had no budget, but he had a lab and he needed help. And so he allowed me to volunteer my time to um, develop the skills that I needed um, and in analytical chemistry techniques. And so I provided support to his graduate students. I did this for two years with no pay before I was hired by a company that was later bought out by Pfizer. So that's how I got to um, Pfizer as an analytical chemist. And I spent 25 years in that role before I switched over to pursue my passion, which is to make sure that no other person with a disability has to go through what I went through. So that's our uh, now people experience, um, or HR as we call it, advisor, focusing on disability inclusion, um, expanding opportunities for um, talent with disabilities and neurodiversity. So I, I'm, I'm home now. <laughs> I, where I'm, I'm, I'm where I want to be and where I need to be. And this is where I'll be um, until I retire. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Christy. That story is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I, I'm glad you told it because I want everyone to hear that story. It makes such a difference hearing from someone that went through this. And no surprise to me, because there are people who are hard of hearing who do not even tell people they're hard of hearing. And I, I want to talk about this in more detail when I come back. But right now it's time for break, and I will be right back with Colleen and Christy. Don't go away. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you currently receiving SSDI or SSI and wanting to work? Did you know there is a free Social Security program called Ticket to Work to help you try work without risking your benefits? My Employment Options is an authorized SSA employment network specializing in work at home and local job placement in 47 states. Our clients receive a personal counselor to help find the best job fit and a staff certified benefits counselor for help with Ticket to Work protections. Ready to try working? Apply for free job placement help at myemploymentoptions.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. 
It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show we're talking to. Colleen Mashia and Christine Aragema from Pfizer. And Colleen... um, you have told, you know, what you do. Well, how about if you tell a little bit more detail? We know what your area you work in, but what exactly do you do? Yeah, uh, as I, you know, shared with you, I um, now work on our supplier diversity program 100% of the time. And uh, I really feel like I found my place at Pfizer Um, So that role is different to different in different organizations. Um, But what I do is, um, you know, part of my job is education. So I do educate um, internally our our, uh, stakeholders that have purchasing power, right? Because we want to make sure that um, the colleagues that are making those decisions to bring in suppliers into our um, ERP system are making, you know, uh, decisions, um, thinking about how to source most inclusively. So I do education, whether that's speaking to, you know, at team meetings or, um, you know, I've leveraged our colleague resource group um, platform. Uh, they're a great way to um, chat with colleagues, you know, from across Pfizer um, at one setting. Um, and then our sourcing organization is very well versed in um, the importance of supplier diversity, you know, why we do it. And, you know, they're the ones that bring influence to the, uh, the sourcing process with um, our stakeholders. So I do a lot of education internally. I also do a lot of education externally. So I work with, um, you know, the different advocacy groups. Um, you know, that's what brought us together, Joyce, Disability In. But I do try to give them... Um, you know, we'll do educational webinars about what it's like to uh, navigate um, sourcing at Pfizer. So, you know, how do you get into the door? How can you, uh, once you get into the door, you know, what do you do? Because sometimes, um, you know, Pfizer's processes can be quite overwhelming. Um, but, you know, I try to give a taste of, uh, you know, preparing our potential suppliers on what would be coming up. And then, um you know, education. I do a lot of outreach. Uh, we're corporate members of a couple of the large advocacy groups, um, not only Disability In, but WeBank, uh, NMSDC, NGLCC, and uh, we're part of a veteran organization, NVBDC. Um, so as a corporate member, we want to make sure that we have a presence there that suppliers can, um, you know, connect with us, they can learn about Pfizer. Uh, if they're aspiring to work at Pfizer, you know, we try to give them um, some targeted 
uh, advice that, um, you know, perhaps they need to think about different types of resourcing or perhaps expanding their business into certain regions of the U.S. Um, you know, and once we do make some connections, uh, I, I work to advocate. And I think, you know, Joyce, that's probably where we are with your firm, uh, right? We've, we've, uh, we've connected, um, we've introduced you to, you know, some key stakeholders in the organization. We're working between Christy and I, right? We, we have the same, uh, desire to have you, uh, work with us. And um, so that's really around that advocacy. So, you know, as we have a high potential supplier, we want to make sure that we're advocating for them in a way that, um, you know, potentially could find some success. Well, and I'll tell you what, it's a great partnership. Colleen has made it a point to not only work with me, but introduce me to colleagues, get colleagues on a meeting with me, Uh, contact an external firm that is, you know, unbelievable to review our website and is working right now on employment. I mean, I I could go on and on, but I want to say, Colleen, I do appreciate everything you and Christy are doing. um, And I just love speaking with you. You know that I like getting you up, up there with me, Colleen. The way we were well, I feel at disability. <laughs> so since I'm talking about that, let's talk about that before I go back to Christy. The mentor-mentee program, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a really uh, great way to bring forward, you know, a targeted, more intimate connection. So, um, you know, we do have, uh, we, we opt in to all the mentorship programs um, at those advocacy groups and, and more, what, um, you know, I just shared with you. But, you know, specifically, uh, Disability and I think, does a really great job of setting up um, the mentorships, pairing, right, making some really good pairs um, between uh, potential suppliers and uh, corporations and really, um, you know, setting the, I'd like to say, you know, the vibe of the relationship. It's really around, um, you know, pro- making progress towards goals that uh, our mentees have put together for, it could be, you know, potentially something, um, you know, personal to that leader, what they want to grow on, or it could be, um, you know, to uh, grow their firm. So that's what I actually always love getting, you know, goals sent to me because, um, you know, Joyce has referenced me as her mentor, which I am, but uh, it's it's not me on an island. I bring in, I reach out into my network of um, advocates that can help progress the goals of our mentees, um, as Joyce mentioned, both internally at Pfizer and also externally. Uh, that's really one of my favorite parts of this job is is bringing relevant connections together. And, you know, the one you just mentioned was one of them. Um, But that's also, like I said, that's kind of how Christy and I started connecting as well. And um, it really allowed us to be thoughtful about what our, our joint, uh, you know, goals were together in the organization. And we've always, we always help each other now with, you know, connections or what we're hearing or, or uh, things that have been successful for us. But, um, you know, the mentorship programs, like I said, and it's not always about, getting a piece of business. Um, obviously, that is an ultimate 
measure of success, but it really is, you know, coming away from a mentorship program, whether that's a year or two, um, and being able to say, you know, that we have checked off some of these goals for that mentee, um, like I said, whether it was, uh, you know, growing personally or growing the firm, um, that's really what, uh, that's really what we consider success. Yeah, you're stuck with me. Here I am again. <laughs> We're on the phone. I, 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 I want to say that you are doing a great job, as is Christy. But, you know, I want to mention, I know I'm going to ask you this question. I'll ask you now. What do you think it means to have support from the top? Colleen. For me? Yeah, um, it is. It's critical. And, um you know, when I talk about supplier diversity internally, and I joke, I'll talk about it to anyone who will listen, but um, to really have a senior leader, um, you know, you know one of our leaders that is a huge advocate of our uh, colleague resource group and also externally, um, most specifically disability in, but to have somebody who um, is also amplifying the message of the importance of um, you know, hiring uh, diverse suppliers really goes a long way because it just gives us a platform to um, talk about it more. But for me, it's really great because it's connecting, it's directly connecting our supplier diversity program with imperatives of the organization. And, um, you know, for us right now, supplier diversity supports, uh, you know, just real quickly, Pfizer's, you know, we have a blueprint for our success internally and, one of the imperatives that we connect our program to is to become the most trusted healthcare partner. So, you know, um, to be able to say that we work at a company that, you know, um, is inclusive in our sourcing opportunities is a place that we would like to, we want to be, and hopefully, you know, patients want to, um, you know, re- respect our 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 name when they hear about that. Um, and then also, you know, there is a direct, um, economic impact when we uh, source from small and diverse businesses, and that really pulls through to um, our health equity goals. Uh, as we invest in small and diverse businesses, right, we have that ripple effect. There's a creation of more jobs and wages. There's more access to health care. And, you know, with that, it allows us to be able to reach more patients with our medicines. So I when I do get a chance to talk internally about supplier diversity, I, I always try to connect to enterprise goals and to have an executive leader that is, um, you know, amplifying that message. It really all comes together. Well, I'm going to tell you about Rady Johnson, your EVP. He is awesome. I mean, I send him an email. He gets back faster than you can imagine. I'm always thinking, here's this high-level person, so busy, and he gets right back to me, even on the Disability In app. Uh, and he is committed to the employment of people with disabilities. Uh, so a special shout-out to you, Rady Johnson. You're really a good man. And with that, it's time to go to break. Time for our news, Advocacy Matters, with Perry Jude Radisick. Perry, what news do you have for us today? Joyce, good afternoon. Uh, Well, on August 31st of this year, 2023, 
President Joe Biden issued a proclamation declaring September as National Preparedness Month. This year's theme is Take Control in One, Two, Three. What does that mean? The theme is, one, to remind us to assess our needs, two, to plan, and three, to engage our support networks to stay safe when disaster strikes. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, which we know as FEMA, launched the National Preparedness Month back in 2004 to educate and empower us to respond to all types of emergencies. Boy, Joyce, this year our country has experienced horrific fires, floods, and hurricanes already. Uh, It's critically important that we all work together to build a culture of emergency preparedness. So recognizing National Preparedness Month is just one way that we can increase awareness and build our knowledge so that we can all respond to any type of emergency should we need to. To help disabled people in an emergency, I want to bring listeners' attention to an organization called the Partnership for Inclusive Disaster Strategies. The partnership is the only disability-led nonprofit organization that promotes the inclusion of disability access before, during, and after disasters and emergencies. The Partnership for Inclusive Disaster Strategies operates a hotline. It's available for intake calls 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hotline staff are experts on many issues affecting disabled people in disasters and emergencies. So if you're ever caught, if any of your listeners are ever caught in a disaster or emergency, <coughs> this is the number that you need. You've got to call or text 800-626-4959. That's 800-626-4959. It's important, and we know advocacy matters, that all of us recognize um, how important it is to be prepared and to do our part to be prepared at home for an emergency or in our workplace or in our community. To get all of this information, to see the presidential proclamation, to learn more about the Partnership Disaster, uh, Inclusive Disaster Strategies, FEMA, ready.gov, ready Pennsylvania. It's all there at disabilityrightspa.org. So if you go to disabilityrightspa.org right now, you'll get all of the information that we talked about in today's segment, and you find links to all of the organizations and information, Joyce. And is that under Advocacy Matters, or is that on the yes, front page? thank you. It, it, the homepage... About midway down is Advocacy Matters, and click on today's segment. Okay. Uh, And is that, did you say that's this month or next month? Oh, it's this month, September. Well, I'm so glad you talked about this, Perry. I am so glad because it's some of the disasters. People with disabilities were shoved into nursing homes and did not have a way and I mean, this is so gl- so great that you provided that information one more time with that number, Perry. Absolutely, uh, Joyce. So we don't want people in a nursing home and then they can't get out. That's why there's mm-hmm. the 
Partnership for Inclusive Disaster Strategies. That number is 800-626-4959. And I would encourage everyone to go to disabilityrightspa.org. Halfway down the front page is Advocacy Matters. Not only read this, but share this. You may have a time in your life where this saves your life. So make sure you go to that. And Perry, thank you with that great, important news you brought forward. Thanks, Joyce. Take care. All right. Hey, Christy, I'm coming back to you now. You know, that story that you told, Christy, was powerful. And I'm sad to say, not surprising. Because when I go to a company and they say, oh, we're so glad you're here because we haven't hired people with disabilities before, I tell them, oh, yes, you have. Yeah, they're at the company right now. They have epilepsy, MS, bipolar disorder, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, or significantly hard of hearing. They're just not telling you. And I can't begin to tell you all, my listeners, how many people I know hard of hearing that would not disclose that at work. And all that does is hurt them. Like Christy, many people have just maneuvered their way through to be successful. But think about that. Think about that story, working two years for free. I mean, that is shameful. Shameful. So, um, Christy, once again, unbelievable story. You're on a mission to get people at Pfizer to hire people with disabilities. But in general, Christy, why do you believe companies should hire people with disabilities? Hi, Joyce. Sorry about the echoes. Um, That's all right. But thank you for that. Um, there's a great number of reasons why um, companies should hire um, people with disabilities. So if you think about it, 20% of working age individuals who have a disability, um, uh, only 20% are working. Um, but that number can change at any time um, because of age-related or medical issues. And what's, um, what's really unique about disability is that it is an intersectional characteristic because it touches everyone, regardless of a person's identity or socioeconomic status or anything. So it's not just a disability population. It, 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 it hits everyone. So from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective, individuals with disabilities um, do bring unique perspectives, problem-solving abilities to the workplace, for instance, um, but also to teams. So that can lead to broader and faster innovation, ideas, and solutions. So when you work in a pharma company like Pfizer and R&D, a lot of those things um, are, you know, will definitely be very useful, right? But it also, it also promotes a more inclusive work culture where every employee is valued, respected, but more importantly feels like they belong. Um, so when that happens, when you get all of those, it leads to higher morale and thus higher employee retention. So that's where a lot of times you get when people um, hire people with disabilities, they're, they're very loyal. Um, they, and they, um, as long as you um, 
respect them and value them, then they will grow stay. And that's exactly what you want. You want to have retention because turnover costs the company money. So because of the much higher unemployment rate, a candidate with disabilities with a much wider um, talent pool to actively recruit from to find those highly qualified individuals who might be overlooked by your competitors, for instance. Um, hiring people with disabilities is not just a matter of social responsibility, um, but also legal requirement, a legal requirement in many places to provide equal opportunities for people with disabilities. Like, for instance, um, um, FIDA is a federal contractor, so we are required to meet um, a threshold of 7% of our um, um, uh, workplace, which 7% of that needs to um, have self-identified as having a disability. So this is something that um, is a motivating factor, but um, also, but it's not the main reason. Um, from a corporate perspective, hiring people with disabilities can provide a lot of tangible benefits to the company's performance and their bottom line. Um, you can embrace diversity and inclusion um, by hiring and including people with disabilities because that can enhance the public image of the company, um, the employer branding, um, and in this cited case, it can, appeal, it can better appeal to customers, clients, patients, and investors. So there's a number of reasons, but I just kind of highlighted um, just a few of those. Yeah, and I would also say, I don't understand it, Christy. I really do not understand why people would not hire people with disabilities because you have an untapped labor pool of people who want to work. Everyone's saying they can't find the right person. They can't find the right skills. And yet you have this untapped labor pool of people who want to work, will be there and have many of the skills that you're looking for. So um, I've been doing this since 1995 and that today, 33 years, the signing of the ADA this year, that 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce. Absolutely shameful when they have the skills. This is what amazes me. So that's why Pfizer taking a stand is so powerful. Why? Because they're Pfizer. And that is what makes such a difference. So, Colleen, I have a question for you. Um, you work with a lot of diverse suppliers. Uh, how, how do you reach out to them? Is it through all those organizations, just in case someone's listening to this show, whether they're veterans or uh, minority or Asian, whatever it is, uh, how, how do they reach out to a company to get on the diverse suppliers list? Uh, great question. Um, we do, uh, like I said, you know, we do do a lot of outreach. Uh, so we, you know, if you are a member of any of those advocacy groups, um, you know, you can inquire to get uh, Pfizer contact. Um, we don't currently have a uh, supplier portal, but we do have um, an email um, uh, supplier diversity at Pfizer.com. 
Um, anybody can, you know, send along uh, a note or their capabilities. I always do counsel, um, you know, help, right? Help us help you. Uh, I know enough about different, um, you know, categories in the organization to be dangerous, but I am not, you know, well-versed in all of them. So if you, um, you know, if Pfizer is uh, one of your aspirations to be working for, you know, potential client, um, be thoughtful about how you think you can help Pfizer. So, you know, just as a quick example, I remember chatting with um, an advertising agency one time and, uh, you know, we had talked about that and she was going to follow up with me. And, you know, she sent this great email just saying, uh, I was at this Congress and, um, you know, I really think when I walked around the floor, Pfizer was missing an opportunity, basically a messaging opportunity for one of our brands. And, um, you know, I'm not asking for, you know, free ideas, but it was a real differentiator that I was super happy to put her forward to one of our um, marketing colleagues because it was such a nice teaser. You know, I thought about Pfizer. I thought how my firm can help you. And, um, you know, I, I definitely connected her. So, you know, that's, you can reach out to me in that way. Um, and like I said, uh, we find, um, you know, diverse talent, small and diverse talent, yes, by going to a lot of these organizations, there's matchmaking events. Um, and also, you know, definitely peer to peer as well. So if, uh, you know, one of, um, my colleagues in one of my peers at a different, uh, company says, you know, Colleen, this is a great, uh, company for, you know, lab materials. You should really think about them. They've done great work for us. Those recommendations go a long way as well. Um, but I would just say also, you know, you guys, um, you know, for diverse suppliers, you know, be persistent. Um, and I know you are, you already own your own businesses, but, you know, don't give up because it's not only, um, you know, thinking about where you fit into to Pfizer's ecosystem, but also a little bit of timing as well. Right. And things don't happen overnight. I just want to mention that to everyone. Um, so, we want to know what's going on at Bender. Gerald, tell me, what's going on at Bender? Hi, Joyce, and hi, folks from Pfizer. Thank you so much for everything you're doing to partner with us. Appreciate all the work that you're doing out there for people with disabilities and for Joyce and for our community. But uh, and you to... got to you got to meet these two great superstars at the Disability oh. In Conference, Gerald. I did. I've been graced with their presence, especially uh, Christy. I've gotten to meet a number of times at the NTID and other events, you know, so uh, we go back for sure. <laughs> well, I wanted to highlight an exciting new opportunity that's coming up. You know, it's been a while since the last one, but we've got our next virtual career fair coming up. So we host career fairs in partnership with Career Eco Virtual Events. And our next one is coming up in November. So November 15th, we're hosting a virtual career fair so that people with disabilities can connect online with employers throughout the U.S. Um, looking to hire people with disabilities. We usually have over a 1,000 candidates with disabilities attend, and it's free for candidates with disabilities to sign up and get their resumes over to employers. We've already got one sponsor with Wells Fargo's, Wells Fargo sponsoring the event, and a ton of other employers signed up already, and 
candidates are starting to register. So I wanted to make people aware of this event, a great opportunity for companies to sign up and connect with people with disabilities looking for work and people with disabilities connect with employers. If you go to BenderConsult.com, under the career section, you can learn about the virtual career fair and all the information about it. And from there, you can click the link to go register. So if you're listening and you have a disability, make sure you go and uh, uh, to that website so you can be in that career fair. No charge to you. But you have no idea the companies that could be on and federal agencies. So make sure that you go BenderConsult.com and find out more. Thank you, Gerald. Thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you, Pfizer. So, Colleen, I have a question for you, Colleen. Who is your role model? Because, wow, you're so awesome. You must have a role model. Who is it? <laughs> you know, uh, I... Uh... I go with my gut on this one, and uh, I I would say my role model is my friend Tracy. Uh, she, like many of us, you know, was dealt a, a tough hand, uh, one of personal struggle, and you know, to be a friend of hers since we were 13 years old, uh, there were many times I just had a feeling of of hopelessness and trying to support her, but you know, she really did not allow that, and um, you know, I, I always think about it. I, I uh, I really, when I'm having a tough time or trying to really, you know, get to a milestone, I do think of her because her sense of, um, she has this emotional intelligence and um, just a strong spirit of self. And those two components, like, would really just accelerate her through, you know, difficult times. And I would see her, you know, change the atmosphere in a room. Um, So, you know, she, on top of that, she also just, super bright light and, um, and selflessness. So she was never, you know, she never really allowed you to focus on her or her struggle. It was really just around, you know, what's next. And, and she brought many people along with her. Um, so, you know, for me, like she really is a role model as something that I can hold pretty much in my daily life. Um, and, and her, you know, her legacy are her four children. They're just really doing amazing things. So thank you for that question. I, I love talking oh, about that. Oh, yeah, wait till she hears this, Colleen. What a wonderful tribute. How about you, Christy? Who is your role model? So that was actually a really hard question um, because I do have a number of different role models. But um, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to focus on my dad. So um, my dad... Um, you know, you know, he was an immigrant, as I mentioned. Um, they came to this country not knowing um, any English, not having any money to try to um, create a better life for his family. Um, and he was going to school and he was working multiple jobs. Um, at the same time, when I was young, allowing my mother to stay home and take, um, take care of us. But, you know, you would see his work ethic. He had such a strong work ethic in everything that he did, whether it's, you know, doing things in the house or um, just anything that he did. And so I've always, you know, I subscribe to that. So everything I do is I always have my dad in the back of my mind. And uh, what would my dad think? 
<laughs> and um, so, I mean, she supported me in everything that I did. Um, she gave me the freedom to um, just live and just learn. Um, he knew that it wasn't going to be easy for me, but he gave me that chance to just um, be um, self-supporting and just um, just to grow, that opportunity to grow, and I'm, I'm really blessed to him for that. So, um, so a lot of these things that I, um, I do at work have, is a strong work ethic mentality. I, I take that same approach, um, whether it's with, um, you know, trying to find um, talent, people with disabilities and bring them into our company on uh, using that and taking that approach to build the neurodiversity employment initiative at Pfizer right now. Um, and I'm just, it's just the thing that I do. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you have the proverbial grass feeling or what. I don't. I, 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 it's, it's just that mentality. So my dad has been my role model. And, you know. Well, I, I got to say something. What a great role model. What a great role model. Um, and that is a tribute to your father. Uh, sadly, we have come to the end of the show, but we end every single show, as you all know, with a quote. I know Christy's going to love this quote. Blindness separates people from things. Deafness separates people from people said Helen Keller. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. I look forward to talking to you all next week. And in the words of Mary Brocker, remember, choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.